right now the Lord has me where he is like, don't miss my moments. Don't miss my opportunities and don't miss the revelation that's being poured out. Don't just take it lightly and just say things just because you can say them, because you see them, but take value in it. And when he started releasing about the paper mill this morning, let me tell you, it is so powerful what he started to release, not because he's the apostle of the house, but because of what it represented when he said it. The paper mill, you know that the paper mill runs 24 hours a day? They never shut down the paper mills. That means in the spirit, the paper mill in the spirit is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never shuts down. It never shuts down. And I believe this morning, I want to go back to that because he came up here to release it. And I want us to take heed this morning to what the Spirit of God is saying. This is not even part of my message, but this goes into my message. Because I believe it's so important right now that we take heed to that and just say, Oh, that was so awesome. The paper mill's here. Thank you, Jesus. And then go about our day. He wants you to take it seriously to say the paper mill is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never shuts down. So if the paper mill of direction, the paper mill that gives us instructions, the scrolls of heaven is open all day and night, who's the one that we need to look to to get our direction? Us being confused, us being in disbelief, Everything that we battle on a daily basis, there's no need for it. When we don't know what the next step is, when we don't know what the next thing is God has for us, we shouldn't be there. Because the mill's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sometimes you just have to step into that place with the Lord and step into that place in the, with Holy Spirit and get the deeper things and not just be about just reading the word, but applying the word of God. There's an application that God is having us begin to move into this season that he's like, I, I don't want you to just read about me. I want you to experience me. I want you to do the application of me in your life, that it becomes real to you. And when I heard it, my spirit caught it. And when your spirit catches something, that is what keeps you motivated, energized, and fire comes upon your belly because your spirit caught it. That when the enemy comes and tells you, oh, you're, it's just in your mind, the vision that God's given you, oh, it's just something in your mind that, you know, it's all in your thoughts. It's all you. It's not even God anymore. Don't, I mean, haven't we all been there before? God gives us vision and all of a sudden we're backpedaling. We're like, well, did God say, did God tell us to do this? And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, the paper mill is open. You can walk in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, get your instructions, get your direction, get whatever it is you need from heaven, so that way you don't have to be lost, you don't have to be confused, you don't have to be tossed to and fro anymore. You can get it straight from heaven yourself by stepping in deeper. So now... <laughs> Let's go into the message. 
But I just wanted to help, help you understand how important that was that your spirit catch it. And it's not just your ears, but by your belly you caught it. But today's message is called Freedom in the Wind. And I, I believe the Lord right now is uh, taking us to a place of understanding his, his wind again. Understand, it's so, it's, you know, me and the, and the worship team, we didn't talk. <laughs> it may seem that way now, like we all talked and we all had a plan, and, but we didn't. <laughs> That's a new song they literally just learned to play this past week, and they had no idea the name of my message or anything. But see, when you're in the same spirit, with Holy Spirit, following the wind of God, it all comes together, the pieces, the prophetic, the, the worship, the, the media, everything comes together in the pieces that God puts together because you're all being led by this wind in the Holy Spirit. And so they were singing about the fresh winds and the fresh winds and the fresh winds. It's funny because Saturday morning I was sitting there in my car and these winds were coming in. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit just say, just, I want you to open your door, and I want you to sit, and I want you to close your eyes. And I sat there, and I shut my eyes, and the winds came so heavy on my face. And he says, I want you to remember that feeling that you felt, the cold wind and the refreshing that I want to blow on you this morning. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit just come in behind me and just, just fall on me. But see, we need those moments because sometimes if we're too busy and our mind is going and going and going, we forget to have freedom in the wind. And what happens is it comes and it, and it grieves the very thing that he wants you to be free in. The very thing that you want, that he wants you to be free in. I know knowing your word is amazing. I've got people in my life that know the word, man, they can... I had a pastor in Birmingham that we were connecting with, and he, he could tell you verbatim every single scripture in the word, and I loved it. I was like, that's incredible. That's not me. <laughs> but I say that to, to help you understand that you have that, but when you put it together with following the wind of God, it takes you to a whole other place. And I never really understood that until I moved away from where I was from. When you're uncomfortable, when, you're, when, you, when God has literally pushed you out into a part of your life where you're not comfortable anymore, where you're not doing the same thing every day in, day out, and there comes a, a, an uncomfortable, it almost feels like an uneasiness, but it's not. Sometimes it's the Lord making you feel uncomfortable and bringing change to you. Sometimes it's not always the devil, but because we don't like the way it feels in our emotions and in our flesh, we think, oh, it's the devil. <laughs> it's not. Sometimes it's the Lord pushing you and making you go further with him of change and uncomfortableness so that way to stretch you, help build you for you to become who he's really created you to be. And and. There's things that have happened in my life that I would have never saw, I would have never done in my own ways. 
Only the wind could have taken me there. Only the wind can connect the pieces of your life that come together at times to give you exactly what you need in the divine moments and the divine times. I think I, I believe I felt the most uh, freedom <laughs> I've ever felt in the times of following the wind. I felt the most joy, the most excitement. It's like a, being a kid and not knowing what the Lord's going to do next. But you're excited because you're like, man, what is my papa going to do next? Like, where is he going to take me? Like, what's next? I know the, the enemy will come and bring, try to bring sorrow upon you and try to bring sadness upon you and try to bring these things upon you. But then the Lord comes and he says, be excited, be in joy. Your, your, uh, what you have to do for me for the kingdom is not over yet. There's so much more for you to do. It hasn't even begun for some of us. And, and uh, you just have to allow yourself to be moved by the winds of the breath that he sends you to fill your sails this season. It's his breath blowing over you for you to begin to encounter favor. His wind positions you to encounter favor. For real. I haven't experienced, I experienced the most favor when I didn't have understanding and the Lord told me to do something and it didn't make any sense in the natural. And I'm contemplating in my mind, man, Lord, this makes no sense in the natural. And the Lord says, obedience, be obedient to what I'm telling you to do. It doesn't make sense in the natural, but with the Holy Spirit, it makes perfect sense. And all of a sudden, you end up in a place where you never thought you would be, and you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, Lord, I don't, none of this makes sense to me. And the Lord says, yes, I know, that's the perfect place to be, when it doesn't make sense, when you don't understand it all. But that's the perfect place to be, because then you're ease, it's easier for the Lord to move you in that place with his winds than when you have it all together, and you have it all planned out. I always tell people, we try to make our own plan, but he has his plan. And his plan always, always supersedes our plan. Doesn't matter what. <laughs> I can try to plan out my day, and I can have all kinds of appointments, and something will come up and shifts the whole entire day. And I'm like, okay, Lord. I mean, I can throw a fit and be angry and mad about the change. And I, and I used to because I was a person that hated change. And I would get frustrated. And I didn't, I, but I wasn't looking at it through the lenses of the Father. And I was like, I would get so mad because I would have all this. I, when I was brought up, I was brought up like, like you, you, <laughs> when you schedule something, you got to stick to it. It's got to look a certain way. But then the Lord comes in your life and he's like, well, when you follow my winds, it doesn't work the same like that. What you expected to happen, what you expected yourself to do, doesn't happen that way when you follow my winds. So I stopped throwing a fit and getting mad about him changing things on me, and I started understanding that that's exactly where I needed to be with him at that moment, at that time, doing what he wanted me to do for somebody else. It was important. And so in John 3, 6, I'm reading the, uh, the Passion Translation. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is the same with those who are spirit-born. 
the Spirit of the Lord, what we were talking about this morning, what we were singing about is here right now more than he ever has been here before. The Holy Spirit is manifesting himself <coughs> excuse me, in the natural right now in such a way that the kingdom of heaven is being manifested here on earth right now. I shared some weeks ago about how the government of heaven was here, and it is here. And because the government of heaven is here, everything responds to the government of heaven. It's drawn to the government of heaven. It's drawn to the Holy Spirit. And I believe that Solomon was one who understood following the winds of the Lord. <coughs> if we go read Second Chronicles 1, 11, and 12, it said, God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even death of your enemies or a long life, but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people, I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested. But I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame such as no other king has had before you or will ever have or will ever have in the future. Something happened with Solomon. Wisdom comes along with the government of heaven. That's why the paper mill is open this morning. That's why the direction and the scrolls are being released. Because when the government of heaven shows up, what happens is there's something that happens here on earth that has to respond to the government of heaven. And what happens is Solomon discovered that. Because why? Because he was about the people. Solomon wanted the wisdom not for himself, not to say, oh, I'm the wisest man. Oh, I have all the answers. He wanted it for the people. And the favor that Solomon encountered was the favor because, was because of the people. It wasn't because Solomon was this exceptional person. It was because Solomon was about the people at this moment, and he was thinking about the people in his mind. What can I get from heaven, from the paper mill of heaven, right now in this hour that is going to benefit the people that God has surrounded me with? And not just your family, but other people God sends you. What is it that I need this season? And so Solomon got wisdom. First King 10, 9, Queen Sheba comes. And see, in those days, you didn't leave your throne. The kings and queens, they didn't leave their throne. They didn't leave their kingdom. It was very rare when you saw them leave their kingdom. But Queen Sheba gets up because she hears about Solomon. She hears about this great favor and this wisdom Solomon's carrying. And she gets up off her throne to go visit Solomon. And she goes to Solomon. She says, uh, in 1 Kings 10, 9, she says, Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you, placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. It was because of the people. The favor that we receive in our lives is not for self-promotion. It's not for ourselves. It's to begin to pour it out to others and to other people. 
whatever form favor comes in your life, whether it be finances, whether it be blessings of food or whatever, whatever the Lord, whatever form the blessing comes and the favor comes, it's not just for you and your family. It's to be given out to others. That's why you have it. And it becomes endless because it becomes like a revolving door favor. And it comes to your hands, boom, it goes out. It comes to your hands, and boom, it goes out. And it's a continuous flow of favor that comes in your life that can't be stopped. Why? Because you're about the people. I remember when we first uh, started doing the pantry and all that, what the Lord had spoken to Apostle Pete was people matter. And I think that was so important for even now in the season we were in at that moment that people, people mattered. It didn't matter how they came in. It didn't matter how they were, their past. It didn't matter. See, this is supposed to be an eagle's nest. And in an eagle's nest, there's safety in an eagle's nest. So no matter where they came from, they're still eagles. Nobody takes away what you're called to be from the Lord. Nobody can. Nobody has that authority or right. They can have their opinions about you. They can feel certain things about you. But nobody can take away the very thing you were created to do with the Lord. Nobody. Not even the devil himself. But Solomon was in this, in this thing with God. And he had wisdom. And I want to tell you what, how important wisdom is this season, okay? In Proverbs 2, 111, it says, My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. It comes when you value it. When there's value, a value to wisdom, then that's when you receive it. And only if you accept my advice... And hide it within you, within will you succeed. No train, it says, so train your heart to listen when I speak. Open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. And yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking, seeking it like a man would seek, for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God, and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. Paper mill. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just, proper, fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. And if you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. Wisdom's pretty important, right? Solomon had this great wisdom. 
He had something very valuable. I believe that right now, God is pouring out his wisdom. That's why the paper mill showed up this morning. The heavens are coming to earth right now. There's, there's an overlapping that's happening in the atmosphere of the earth where heaven is coming and invading earth right now. And in those moments, in those times, I don't want to act like, oh, that was real nice that something came in the room. Thursday night, we were in here, and we were having our intercession class. Man, if you have not been to our intercession classes for the School of the Spirit, you need to come. There, there's something in the atmosphere that has been happening here that it's not, it, the teachings, everything, it's all put together, and something's happening that's getting stirred up in the spirit. There's something that's happening here. And I was, we were in, we were just singing just like two, three songs on Thursday. We weren't even like in hardcore worship. And all of a sudden, I felt this angel walk in from the back door to the front. And I haven't felt this since I was in Alabama. And I felt the fear of the Lord come in with this angel that I literally, in my, if my body was built differently, I would have been on my face on the floor because of the fear of the Lord this angel carried. And I remember in my mind, I, was, I, I could feel it like I just wanted to hide because I felt the fear of the Lord that this thing carried. And as soon as it walked in the door, I just saw everything that the schemes of the enemy, the, the enemy had, ran out the door so fast. It, didn't, it couldn't run fast enough. That's what happens when heaven shows up. When heaven manifests here on earth, the enemy gets scattered. And he doesn't know where to run, the enemy, because he's so scared of the true, real, tangible encounter of heaven walking through a place. You can't stop it. That, that angel walked in. I wanted to throw myself on the floor because it was the same way I felt when I encountered the angel transformer. And I just wanted to hide because I could feel the authority of heaven on this angel that nothing could prevail against it. It's like God authority was on this angel. And I say that because wisdom and what God's pouring out as a house here for our region here is exceptionally important this season. Um, I want to read you Proverbs 3. 3 through 35, it's a little long, but I want you to catch this in your spirit of how important wisdom is for us this season. Wisdom bestows well-being. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them down on a tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and on your way submit to him. He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. 
Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those to find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and those who hold her fast will be blessed. By the wisdom of the Lord laid the, laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. And by his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be your life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid, and when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruins that overtake the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustful, trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they have done you no harm. Do not envy the violent or choose any of these ways. For the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud marker, mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but fools get only shame. There's a whole lot in that. But it tells you, if you go back when you have time to reread it to yourself, it brings you an understanding of how valuable wisdom is, how it means more. And its value of wisdom is greater than any silver or gold you can put up upon it. Wisdom is very important. Solomon went through a time where he had a lot of wisdom. <laughs> he had a lot of favor. He had a lot of money. He, everything that you can imagine that a person would have desired, he didn't desire it because he desired the wisdom. But everything else came to him in him being wor working out of wisdom. But then Solomon had a time where something shifted for him. And this is where I want to bring to the attention, even though he had wisdom and he extended wisdom out to others, it didn't mean that he wasn't a man who fell short because we all fall short. But Solomon had this thing with women. That was his, his weak spot were women. All of us in here, all of those watching, they have a weak spot. There's something in you that is weak inside of you that the enemy still can come and grab a hold of in you. 
For Solomon, it was women. And you would think, what was Solomon thinking? How could he take the women over wisdom? <laughs> like, he had everything. How, why would he even do that? Why would he fall into that? But I want to read to you about in 1 Kings 11, 11. It says, Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides the daughter of the king of Egypt, he married uh, hilted women and women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, and Sidon. He married them even though the Lord had commanded the Israelites not to intermarry with, uh, with these people. Because they would cause the Israelites to give their loyalty to other gods. Solomon married 700 princesses and also had 300 concubines. They made him turn away from God. And by the time he was old, they had led him into worship of foreign gods. He was not faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. He worshipped Astartes, the goddess of Sidon, and Moloch, the disgusting god of Ammon. He sinned against the Lord and was not true to him as his father David had been. And on the mountain east of Jerusalem, he built a place to worship Shamish, the disgusting god of Moab, and a place of worship Molech and the disgusting god of Ammon. He also built places of worship where all his foreign wives could burn incense and offer sacrifices to their gods. Even though the Lord the God of Israel had appeared to Solomon. I want to stop right there. Even though you have great encounters, even though you have great revelations of God, even though God himself came to you and spoke to you of things, you can still make a bad choice. Even though that's why humility is key. Even though the Lord God of Israel had appeared to Solomon twice and commanded him not to worship foreign gods, Solomon did not obey the Lord, but turned away from him. So the Lord was angry with Solomon and said to him, because you had deliberately broken your covenant with me and disobeyed my commands, I promise that I will take away the kingdom from you and give it to one of your officials. However, for the sake of your father, David, I will do this in your I will not do this in your lifetime, but during the reign of your son. What we do matters to the other generations that come. When you function out of favor, your bad decisions come at us greater than they would when we're not. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we found favor and all of a sudden we've come to agreement with the enemy, we've come to agreement in areas of our life where we know that God said not to do, what happens is it, it, we have a greater responsibility. We have a greater, like it, it takes hold of us more, more than it would when we're not in the blessings in that, in that time. That's why it's important right now that we only follow the wind and follow what Holy Spirit is saying because he's trying to give us favor right now, but we learn from other people's mistakes. And even though Solomon who, ha Solomon, who had all the wisdom, he still fell into this stuff. Nobody is, 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 is not, a you know what, do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody's to the point with the Lord. I don't care who you are, what labels are on you, how much you've been, how much school you have, this can still happen to everybody. 
Let's go down to verse 12. However, the sake of your father, and he tells him about the ancestors and why he's not doing it in his reign. I will not take the whole kingdom away from him. Instead, I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David and the sake of Jerusalem, the city I have made my own. Solomon made it about himself, and it was no longer about the people. It, be, it turned into his own desires. It turn, and, and you're thinking in your mind, like, well, how does this even happen? It's happening right now in the body of Christ. People are after platforms right now. People are after having a voice right now. People are after things for themselves and their self-gain that they have took in their eyes off the responsibility that they have moving in the favor with God that it is for the people. It is not for themselves. And so there is a counterfeit favor. And I, and I know a lot of people don't understand this part. And let me tell you why. Because if they did, they wouldn't fall into it. But the counterfeit favor shows up in Ephesians 4.14. It says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I've seen people have encounters with God and hear something from the heavens. And somebody will come and whisper to them something differently. And all of a sudden, they go with the whisper instead of going with Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit said to them first. And then they even go further and they label it as God said. God said to do this. God said to do that. And it's not even the Holy Spirit no longer leading them. It's because there's something inside of them that needs to be fed, and the enemy knows it, and he's coming to feed that side of them. For everybody, it's going to be different. If it's money you like, I mean, everybody likes money. But when it becomes an overpower of your thoughts and your spirit and your soul, and all you do is think about money more than you do about God, then that's the issue right there. We need money in the kingdom to advance the kingdom. But when it becomes an addiction to you, when it becomes more to you than God himself, there's an issue with that. When a relationship in your life, let me just put it in now layman's terms. It's like when there's a relationship in your life that is pulling you away from divine God relationships and divine things God has set up for you and is pulling you away a whole other direction, more than likely it's not the Lord. If it's pulling you away from the things of the Lord, if it's pulling you from, from, from what God has already spoken, I tell people, hey, if God speaks to you something, write it down. Why do you need to write it down so you won't be deceived? So when the lies come from the enemy and you go back to your writings of prophets and, the, and, and what prophets have spoken to you and the words you've gotten, you can go back to that very book and say, um, no, it looks like God, sounds like God, looks real similar, like there's favor there. But then when you go back to your notes and you're like, no, but he said that I had to stay here until he said I, I could go. And then you go back and you look and you're like, man, look at how close in similarity they look and sound together. They look like God, but they're not. And so 
he does come in with his deceitful schemes. But it's because the enemy wants to take you out of your position. Why does he want to take you out of position? Because when there's an alignment with where God has you and there's a positioning where God places you, favor comes in. Favor comes in. I've seen people, and let me tell you how, I'll just tell you a story because the Lord told me to share this story. But I had a friend of mine. They had an opportunity to move to another state. God set it all up for them. They didn't have to pay anything. They could live there rent-free. God was trying to transition them out. Guess what happens? The wife gets a raise, gets a promotion at her job. Well, this must be God because there's a promotion here. There's more money here. So, you know, we're just going to stay here because this is what it looks like for us. And (laughs) me and my husband were like, wow. Like God already had spoken to them. But then here comes this counterfeit favor, and they think it's God because it's feeding something inside of them that is still there, but they don't see it. See, when there's something still inside of you that the enemy can grab hold of, people don't see it. If it's pulling you away from the things of God and from the purpose and destiny God has spoken over your life, more than likely it's not the Lord. It can look like favor. It can sound like favor. It can look real good. But I really suggest this season we've got to go back to Holy Spirit and to the Lord and hear from the Holy Spirit and not make a decision based on what we think favor is supposed to look like. Because the counterfeit favor will come. And they'll pull you away from the... If what you have been in dire need for is a spouse, I've seen this before. I'm not saying just stories to say stories. I had a friend was desperate to be married. And in that desperation to be married, guess what? The counterfeit came. Took everything away from her. She lost a lot of things. Pulled her away from the things of God. But yet she saw it as this was God who said to do this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything, when you're in a situation, you don't see it. You don't see how deception comes in. But when it pulls you away from the things of God, more than likely it is not the Lord. And so this is how counterfeit favor works. And that's what the enemy, I've seen the enemy start to project out to people to pull them away in their weakest areas of themselves to pull them away from the very thing God has given them. And God has, you know, it's like, you know, why did Solomon marry these women? His reasoning for marrying the women was so he would have peace with the nations. He already had peace with the nations. He didn't have to do his own will to make the peace happen because the peace was already there with the nations. But because in his flesh there was a weak side of him, the enemy convinced him, well, if you marry all these women, we'll have peace with all the nations. But it didn't. It pulled him away from the things of God. And I was thinking about the story this morning, and I said, God, how easily we are in our weak areas, to be pulled, tossed to and fro 
with the enemy so much that you don't want us to be there anymore this season. He wants you to position yourself to begin to step in such favor that he'll take you to places you've never been. He'll show you things you've never seen. He'll, he'll provide in ways like you've never been provided before. When we lived in Alabama, it was the time of my life, but it was also a stretching time. I didn't understand how favor worked. I didn't understand. I grew up with my father and his old mindset, you work hard, you get things. You don't work hard, you're not going to get nothing. That was my dad's perception because his dad raised him that way. So he finds out I'm going to Alabama and we have no job. He's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. God said to go to Alabama, but you have no job there. You have no house there. It doesn't make sense in the natural. But favor is what we encountered there. When we didn't have groceries, somebody literally came knocking at our door with boxes of groceries. When my car broke down and I didn't know who to fix it, Somebody came, picked up my car, went and fixed it, didn't charge me a penny, brought it back to me the same day, hours later. That's favor. It's nothing that I can do on my own will to make it happen. It's the Holy Spirit being moved by the winds of the Lord that causes things to come to you. You're not even looking for it sometimes. And when you're in favor, using wisdom of the Holy Spirit, following the wind, it's like the Lord begins to bring things to you. He's like, oh, you, you need a new car? Oh, let me send you the new car. People who don't even know you will give the new car. People who don't even have anything to do with your ministry, live in another state, will begin to bless you. Why? Because of the supernatural acts of the Holy Spirit and following the winds of God. You cannot explain it. You cannot wrap your head around favor and how favor works because it's a supernatural thing of heaven that God is doing right now. He is giving us favor. He's pouring it out. And he's like, okay, if you just stay there, don't give up. You know how many posts I've gone through on Facebook and books and everything that's being written right now is don't give up. Don't give up. Don't, don't stop what you're doing. Don't stop uh, the things that God has, uh, has put in your life. Why is that coming across the body of Christ? Because people are wanting to give up right now. But the enemy wants you to give up just right before the blessings come. Because he knows you're so close to tapping into something that you don't even understand the fullness of it. He knows you're right there at the line, and he knows what God's sending, this great favor, this great breakthrough, that great revelation God's going to give you from heaven. The paper mill's open this morning, and he's going to pour it out, the direction upon your life, that the enemy is scared of it. He's so scared that the counterfeit favor will come in and try to make you believe something else, that it's God and it's not. And destruction comes in the, in the counterfeit favor. But when the real favor of God comes into your life, and you begin to see the Lord come and touch areas of your life that only he could touch and do, I'm going to tell you it's endless. From the smallest thing that you can think of in that moment of favor to the biggest thing, it will come to you. I'm talking about silly stuff. 
in the moments I've been in favor, little bitty things I've asked for just because I thought it was like, like, oh, I just feel like having ice cream today. And no money, no nothing. And here comes boxes, a variety of ice cream. Somebody came to the church, dropped it off for y'all. What? You, do you understand what I'm saying? That's true favor right there. When things, it literally feels like things are dropping out of the sky that cannot, you cannot explain how God is doing it so rapidly that you're overwhelmed with his goodness and overwhelmed with his love. Let me tell you how I know that the kingdom of heaven and the government of heaven is here right now. Saturday morning I woke up and I went back to lay down because it was pretty early. And I, this morning I was praying about it because the Lord had me go back into it in worship this morning. There was two things that I don't want to forget to share about. One of them is what I saw on Thursday here. Because I want to give explanation to what I saw on Thursday with the angel coming in and the fear of the Lord coming in. And the one thing that I believe that the enemy's after right now is he wants to, he wants to, he wants to tie up the things the Lord has for us. He wants to shut it down. He wants the influence of people around us to begin to shut down the very thing that God put in us that is wanting to come up the most powerful side of what God's put inside of us to come forth. And I remember seeing that thing on Thursday and Bob Jones had given that word about the vision of the great man and the past had fallen asleep. He was lying on his back half covered in dirt and his name was Gulliver. Little people from a, from a place of little input had completely tied him down. I was praying about that this morning. And I said, how did the giant get tied up? He allowed it to influence him. He believed what the people were telling him. I'm going to tell you prophetically right now, every time the move of God has come in this place, we have gone through attacks from people that don't even understand what the glory is supposed to look like. Let me tell you, it's going to be freedom in this house and freedom in the wind this season. And the power of God and the glory of God will be manifested in this place. God did not make a mistake by sending us here. He did not make a mistake by sending us across the world to be here. He mandated us for us to step foot on this land and to be here. And I say that as a declaration for people to understand that this season Gulliver will not be tied up again. He will not be tied up by words of man, articles, and other things that he's tried to use to shut things down. It will not work this season. Why? Let me tell you why. Because the government of heaven is here this season with us, and we are not alone. And let me tell you what. Saturday morning, I, woke, I, ha I went into this encounter Saturday morning, and I was in this corral. And, I'm, and, and, and here, I, I would rather you just close your eyes right now because I want you to catch what the Lord is saying in the spirit. 
but I'm in this corral, and I began to hear the stomping of this massive horse coming my way, and it came so fast. It looped around me, and that there was a person standing next to me, and this morning, I stepped back into that encounter with the Lord, and it was the Lord standing with me. And as I, as I went into the encounter this morning, I saw the Lord standing with me. And, I, and, and the first thing I did, because I felt the power, I felt the authority on this horse looped around me. I fell to the ground to my knees. And then I said, I better get up. And this is me in the encounter. And I told the person that was with me at the time because I didn't really have the interpretation of it until this morning. And I said, I said, man, I said, I better get up because these horses are so massively big that they won't see me. They're so, they're, they, were, they were bigger than Clydesdales. They were humongous, big horses. And we've been talking about Solomon and how Solomon had all these riches. And Solomon would have horses from other regions be brought to the stables of the kingdom at the time. And you know why? Because the horses and the type of horses you had represented your kingdom at the time. I want to tell you what, 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 uh, what this even meant because it was so important during the time of the kingdom and the kingdom of heaven is here and, and the horses represented war, power, and glory. So when I had this encounter on Saturday morning and one, this huge horse comes running by me and then another one comes and I'm looking up at it because it's so big. And I'm like, God, like I, could, I was scared of it because I didn't want it to not to see me and trample on me. But it was like the fear and the authority of heaven was on these horses. And then all of a sudden I look up and I see these, these um, the stalls where the horses are kept. And I see a third one up there. And as soon as that third one is being released, the horse comes trotting down. And there's two, there's two, there's, uh, two big horses and one smaller horse. And behind it was this little kid. And he was strapped in and strapped in, and, and he was having fun. But he didn't realize that was what was leading him was the bigger horses. He thought it was the smaller horse leading him. So he didn't even understand as the mindset of a kid how big the things that were leading him this season. You don't understand the big things that are leading you this season. That the government of heaven is here. And there's so many big things leading us right now that we're still looking at them as little bitty things, little small things. And in God's vision and God in himself is saying, no, you don't understand. They're real big. They're real big right now. They're bigger than you could ever imagine with your mind. They're bigger than you could ever imagine in your spirit. You've never seen it before. So you can't even imagine how big this is. And the third horse comes down. And this kid's like at a rodeo having fun with Jesus and in laughter with the Lord. And I began to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, why was there only three he says, that was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
And that was the power and the glory that was on it because that's representation of my kingdom. Because back in those days, the horses you had represented your country and it represented your kingdom. And the kingdom of God is here not only for Ohio, but for our nation. The kingdom of the government of heaven is here in such a way bigger than we could ever imagine, bigger than we could ever know that our problems are little bitty problems compared to the power and the glory that God's bringing forth right this very moment. And I just heard him say, hang on, baby. Just hang on, baby. Just don't let go of the reins. Don't let go of the reins as I take you on this journey and this ride of the winds. The winds are here, and they're moving across our nation, and they're moving across our state right now in such a way you have no idea the power and the glory that the God is bringing this season. But if you can just envision for a moment how big and grand these horses were, that they were so, so big. That when I saw them, they were breathtaking. And then when I saw their feet and their hooves, I could feel and I could sense the glory of the hooves of those horses. Oh, it was so majestic. It was so majestic. The flickering of the glory that came off their feet every time their feet pounded the ground. Every time their feet stomped on the ground as they ran. Oh, it just shook the earth and it just shook the ground of the mighty power of the heavens that came that morning. Oh, we thank you, God. Let's just stand up and honor the Lord this morning. Let's just honor the kingdom of heaven. Let's honor the government of heaven this morning and how it has greater power than anything in this world could possibly have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for sending the horses, Lord. See, it takes these big, massive horses from the heavens to be released here on the earth because the horses are being released right now. And it's us. We're being released. We're stepping into freedom in the wind right now. You know that a horse is at its happiest when, the wind, when they're running in the wind? <laughs> and they're free. <laughs> and they become radical. <laughs> there's such joy that comes on a horse when they're running free and the wind is taking them. <laughs> there's no more holding back, people. You were created to be radical and wild and free for the things of God. And I tell you that because I don't care where you live or where you're from. That is mandated to you by the kingdom of heaven. You are mandated to live in freedom and be led by the Holy Spirit, by the winds of the Lord. That when the winds come blowing over your face again, that you would take heed to it and say, God, what are you speaking through the wind, Lord? 
I feel you, Lord. What are you speaking? Where, where do I need to go next, God? What do I need to do next, God? Because the paper mill is open this morning, and the direction from heaven is coming, and the scrolls are falling down. God, let me eat every scroll, God, this season that is due to me. That's what you need to say this morning. You need to say, God, let me eat of the scrolls of heaven this morning. Let me taste and see how good you are, that the honeycomb is drenched on the scroll this season and it wants to go into your mouth that you can taste the goodness of the Lord <laughs> he's dipping them in the honey before he's giving them to you and he's like I'm gonna dip this scroll in the honey so when you eat it and you consume it it's gonna taste good it's not gonna be bitter Maybe it was bitter to you in times past, but he said, this season is going to be sweet. It's going to be dipped in my goodness. And favor is going to come on you like you've never known before. And the wisdom is going to be poured out like you've never seen before. We just receive it this morning, Lord. We just receive it this morning, God. We just receive it this morning, God. We just receive it this morning, God. Apostle Pete. We're so thankful, Lord, for the revelation this morning, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, and we give you honor this morning. See, one of the things that, that was moved, that moves God the most is honor. When we begin to honor one another and and honor the things that God's given us and honor the people God's put in our lives, something happens to the atmosphere. See, we have to honor heaven this morning for showing up on our behalf. We have to honor Holy Spirit. We have to honor the revelation that's been poured out through the paper mill and through the horses that has been delivered this morning. We thank you, Father, for the delivery of the mail this morning, of the revelation this morning, God. We thank you, Father God. 